If you could sit down and get some free advice from a 20-plus year expert on troubled teens, what would you ask him? Well, today, we will do just that. This is Ask Trace, Unlicensed Parent, and today, I'll ask Trace Embry some questions on bullying, discernment, and starving children. Starving, but not from hunger. If you have a question for Trace, let us know. Just email asktrace at licensedparent.org. So put on your seatbelts and let's get into the second edition of Ask Trace, Unlicensed Parents. Hi, I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry. He's the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. And I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Okay, so Trace, you're back in the hot seat. I guess we must like your answers. Or hate them. (laughs) (laughs) No, we like them. So I spent some time on the Shepherd's Hill Academy website shepherdshillacademy.org. And I'd clicked on resources and I was reading some of the articles that you have written and some of the staff has also written. And I came across one that really just sort of hit me. And in some ways it made me feel sick. And in other ways I was like intrigued because I was like, oh, I never thought about that. Trace, we have kids, even affluent kids who are starving, but they're not starving from mm. hunger. So can you explain a little bit about that? Starving, yeah. Uh, well, we're starving spiritually. Um, we're starving mm. emotionally. We're starving relationally. We're starving physically uh, from, from junk food and, you know, just let Junior eat what Junior wants to eat. But I, I know that's not where we're going with this. Uh, we're starving uh, for truth, uh, common sense, logic, uh, and and now, as, as I said before, we're starving uh, to know really what is valid science. And, uh, you know, science definitely has uh, absolutes with the methods, but what it doesn't have absolutes with the conclusions. And this is something that I think that our kids need to understand because they science is kind of the new God, uh, and mm-hmm. it's vying with entertainment. And uh, when, when entertainment becomes an idol, uh, then uh, one of the two is going to atrophy, and it's usually science. And so this is how our kids can buy the lie that their bodies are a different gender than, than their chromosomes and their anatomy mm. prove, empirically prove them to be. So they're living in a very, uh, for lack of a better way to say this, dystopian um, environment today where this is the stuff that um, they used to make movies out of, how crazy things mm-hmm. are. So they're starving for truth and everything I just mentioned. So we're starving for truth. We're starving for education. Um, we're starving our minds. We're starving our bodies. We're, we're starving our spiritual minds. Help us understand how do we change that around? Like how do we start feeding good appetites? Well, and this is, this is going to be very unpopular, uh, but it's true. You have to force it on your kids. Uh, mm-hmm. We make our kids do things. 
We don't have any trouble making them go to school, do we? We make them go to school. No. There, are, there are a myriad other things that we make our kids do. We don't make our kids do much of anything that they actually need to do today. And that's a problem. We allow them to do what they want to do. And think of the insanity of, of giving a kid who's frontal lobe maybe a decade away from being fully developed or longer, sometimes two decades, mm-hmm. that kind of autonomy to the point where a young child can, can choose and the government is on the verge of backing them up and candidates are already happening where they can choose to be a boy or a girl. That's defying mm-hmm. not only God's ecosystem, but just, just plain objective reality. And, you know, it's, it, but it's, it, it transcends the transgender problem. It transcends pretty much everything. You know, we're doing away with, with grades. We don't want to tell Junior that the, uh, the answer to two plus two isn't really three. It is four. It's always going to be four. And if, and if you say it's three, then I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And, and, and not just, there could be an answer, but we're going we're gonna to work harder to find uh, a better answer. No, it's the answer. And that's what, that's what we have to do. And we have to m- make our kids understand this. And of course, that happens a whole lot easier when they're, when they're very young. Because if you keep allowing at two years old, allowing at five years old, allowing at six years old, or 10 or 12 or 13 years old, just keep allowing and never make them do anything, then you're creating a monster. And and there's no two ways around Mm -hmm. that. You're creating a monster. I sign off every one of our programs with, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. And the (laughs) thing is, someone already has. It's it's social media, it's YouTube videos, it's uh, Pornhub, it's any number of uh, uh, musical artists. I I didn't think Cardi B could be topped at last year's Grammys, but it was topped with Sam Smith. Uh, And openly Mm -hmm. demonic things uh, urinating in his mouth on national TV. This is insanity. And it's about time that someone step up, get a little bit angry, and say, enough is enough. And maybe I'm just the little boy in the story of the Emperor's New Clothes, but I'm not going to allow this to just blow past me like, well, I'll just change the channel. No, it should have never been on the channel. And do I believe in freedom of speech? I absolutely believe in freedom of speech. That freedom of speech works with a citizenry that has the common sense, has the objective truth, has the moral underpinning, has the science, and the logic to make informed decisions and and standards we are allowing chaos to reign and that is sending a horrible message to our kids so trace take us through a parenting class let's take us through trace 101 or trace's parenting class 101 and help us understand we've got children who are starving out there and they are starving for truth they are starving for the truth of god's word they're starving for the truth of education they're starving for truth so what are parents supposed to do let's say it's been a it's it's a parent who's been lax and all of a sudden goes oh i need to start forcing some things coach a parent through that well first of all parents have got to get over the fact that um, they can go through Junior's childhood with no conflict. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. have any kind of dialogue without the risk of conflict. That's good. All right, there's just mm-hmm. no way. When you make Junior do something, whether it's wake up for school, wake up for church, uh, eat the right foods at the dinner table, I mean, any, any number of things, be on time for you know choir practice or whatever, there could be conflict. Parents are running from that because they have not distinguished the difference between being a peacekeeper 
and a peacemaker. They think that peace at all costs in the home uh, makes them a good parent. Might be just the opposite. The difference between a peacemaker is this. All right, Michelle, you see me coming out of a hotel room with someone other than my wife. And you turn your head the other way and you say, well, it's none of my business. You know, I just walk on down the road. And you don't, as a, as a sister in the Lord, you don't say anything to me. Uh, we, you know, Trace, we got to talk. We, uh, we got to you know, bring your wife in here and we, we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. That's a peacemaking mission. You know, the, uh, a peacekeeping mm-hmm. mission says, no, I'm going to ignore it. Um, yeah. Because think about this. It's a peacekeeping is really at, at its root selfish. It's thinking about me first, not the it's other true. person. Peacemaking is what Jesus did. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And he's called the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor. Why? Because he made the peace. He was willing to go through the, the, the conflicts. Now, it did cost him his life. And in some cases, it may cost us our lives. But we don't mm-hmm. have to fear death. I know this is, you know, more than Christianity 101. We're talking Hebrews 11 type of faith and martyrdom and things like mm-hmm. that. I don't, I don't think we're quite there yet, but we're rapidly getting close. If we, if we keep losing these smaller battles, we're going to lose the bigger one. And so we have to start with our own families to make more allies out of our children because that's the first and most primal form of government right there, our families. We do have control over that from a very young age. Mold and shape your kids into what you know God wants them to become and you'll have those allies and then surround yourself with an authoritative community of other families like that and build yourself a a constituency where you can make an impact in your community. Going to those school board meetings, uh, certainly church, uh, you might need some private meetings uh, in your own home that you host with other families to say, hey, how are we going to get this neighborhood cleaned up? How are we going to make our, our neighborhood That's a safer point. place for our kids to play in? That is a really good point. Okay, so I want to know, what do you see here at Shepherd's Hill with with these kids? And they they come in, they're starving for truth and for everything else. How do you instill all of that in them? How do you change them from starving to their appetites are full? Well, you know, I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, I know people don't believe this because they're not willing to go through the conflict that it sometimes takes to mm-hmm. achieve it, but you make them. And the reason I can speak so boldly about this is because when I sit down, my wife and I sit down with each kid that uh, we, we take them out to dinner and, and we call it the last supper the night before graduation, and we ask them a million questions to try to be better. And, and they got nothing to lose. They're leaving the next day. One of the things right. they, they say, because the question is, is uh, what, what can Shepherd's Hill never stop doing? And they say this, and this is regular, never stop making us work with our hands, do the right thing, things that we would have never ordinarily done on our own volition. Because it wasn't until we were jump-started into seeing that there's a better way to do things, a better way to live life, uh, a more fulfilling way to live life, did we even realize there was another way to do things. And it's kind of like jump-starting a car. That car's not going to start unless you make it start. It's got a dead battery. These kids come in here with dead batteries. And so you have to exercise uh, a, a, a degree of love, uh, which I 
make analogous to a car battery. Uh, we we mm-hmm. run off the positive side of the love battery all the time. Encouragement and, you know, smiling and just, you know, the warm, fuzzy type of, of uh, uh, love. But that battery, that love battery has a negative side to it. And that side needs to be hooked up too. And that's the discipline part of the battery. That's, that's what makes it actually start a car is the fact that you have a positive mm-hmm. and negative. You balance out the love battery. Yeah. It has to be, as Dobson would say, the tough love, the, 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 the kind of love that requires a little work and effort and planning. Stuff that the young kids don't have it in their even in their brains to do on their own. So we have to be their brains for them. We have to be their wisdom for them. We have to be their Holy Spirit for them until they they're jump started in the right direction. Even at 18, when a kid leaves Shepherd's Hill, he's still got seven years before that frontal lobe is fully developed. So he's not jump started quite yet. I love this conversation, Trace. I want to talk about bullying and I want to talk about some other things because you are a wealth of information for our parents today. You're listening to Licensed to Parent. We'll be back right after this. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. Want to know more? Well, check out LicensedToParent.org. Today we have Trace Embry in the hot seat, and we were discussing before the break, we were discussing about how kids are starving these days. They are starving for truth. And, you know, Trace, I want to switch things just a little bit here, because I'm hearing from my friends who have who have teenage kids that more and more teenage kids are becoming angry. 
And I know that some of the kids who have come here at Shepherd's Hill have come in angry, angry at the world. Can you help us understand what is going on here? Where is this anger coming from? Generally speaking, I think they're angry at the world uh, because they don't know who to trust anymore. It used to be where you could just about take it to the bank that your teacher was going to be someone that could mm-hmm. impart some wisdom to you, you know, it's kindergarten yeah. or your professor in college prior to 1960s particularly. But mental health care professionals, the clergy, traditionally the professions in life that were the most trusted, they're not trusted anymore. Mm-hmm. And that does breed, uh, you know, an across-the-board kind of anger. I think there's a valid point to be made that they don't know that their parents are going to be together uh, or that they have two parents. Um, that's, that's part of it. I think that the culture, in as crazy a, a culture as we live in, is very hypocritical and then imposes unreasonable standards on our kids, uh, calling things abuse that are simply just routine kids growing up in you know, routine atmospheres. So I don't know if that adequately answers the the question because as i said kids who come in here angry usually have different reasons for that but generally speaking they don't trust adults so how do you help them trust adults again well you simply uh at shepherd hill we have a whole year to to model uh before them a authoritative community uh, model that that harvard and ucla and emory and northwestern and yale and University of Minnesota, uh, I mean, on and on, they understand as being critical to raising healthy, well-balanced, well-adjusted kids, emotionally well-adjusted kids. And an authoritative community is uh, is not just, uh, you know, 300 uh, Instagram friends and then your friends at school and then other other teenagers to to draw counsel from. Uh, this requires adults in the equation, and it, they don't have to be your parents. They don't have to be your teachers or your coaches. Just adults to where kids can get information and dialogue from people who are near them, that they have a, a degree of trust in. And I'm, I'm telling you, you talk about starving. Kids are starving to hear from adults they can trust. Wisdom, that long in the tooth, gray in the whisker, knowledge mm. and wisdom that they mm. know they don't have. And so sometimes they they do things crazy to basically, without saying it, show the people around them, hey, I need help. I need some mm-hmm. assistance. I need someone to have my back. And uh, they don't feel they have that. So help a parent, because as as I'm I'm hearing you talk and I'm like, we can't trust the media. We can't trust journalists. We can't right. sometimes can't, well, well, no, definitely can't trust our government. There are sometimes we can't even trust those who are leading some of our churches. Mm-hmm. We can't trust a city government. There's, there's a lot that we can't trust anymore. And those are adults leading these organizations, right. leading these companies, leading these governments. These are adults. So help a parent try to understand how do we help help our kids, first of all, be discerning, and then secondly, come to unravel all of this? First thing is they have to have a foundation from which to discern 
wisdom, a moral foundation that transcends the neighbor next door, their favorite rock star, hip-hop star, uh, sports star. Because, again, I've said this before, God has the grand view. We have points of view, right? Mm -hmm. And so the closer that we can get to God's perspective on everything, the better off we're going to be. And it can be very frustrating from God's perspective as a human being because you're expecting everyone else to get this and they don't get this. But that's why it's so important to prepare your kids when they're young that what I'm trying to impart into you, Junior, uh, is something that your friends may not get, the parents of your friends may not get, your school teachers may not get. But then challenge the child as young as possible to try to prove that you're giving them something that's illogical. You're getting something that isn't objectively true, that isn't a scientific fact. Kids, it's wired into them to recognize it when it shows up. The problem is all these things aren't showing up. So when you tell a kid today, it's just common sense, you know what that means to them? Absolutely nothing. Unless you, Mm. from a young age, told them this is common sense because it's common sense according to what has always been common sense in our Christian American culture. Common sense in a uh, divided culture, in a chaotic culture, uh, is a useless term. It doesn't work. There is no common sense because nothing's common. My truth is as good as your truth. You know, feels good, do it. I operate on my emotions. Oh, you operate on your logic? Well, you know what? I don't believe that garbage. (laughs) So there is no point of reference. And, and, and I'm telling you, if your kid can't talk, read him the Bible. I mean, before mm-hmm. he can even talk, mm-hmm. read him the Bible. Start in Proverbs. That'd be a good place to start. Uh, the Psalms. Uh, kids can grasp things in their spirit and in their mind long before they can articulate them. And so don't think that Junior doesn't understand in, in the deeper part of who he is, and that will blossom out of the center of his soul into, as Jesus used to say, uh, out of you like rivers of living water when you're older, mm-hmm. and you will be able to articulate these things at that particular point if you don't back off as a parent. And this is going to require making them sit down and, and, and listen and sit still and listen and be respectful. Kids can do this. I, one of the things that just gripes me to no end is to see three- and four-year-olds, you know, and sometimes even two-year-olds in, 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 in church services, and the parents are letting them jump the pews, run up down the, the, the aisles, and, and this might sound picky, but reading or coloring books, you know, or a book that isn't congruent with what's going on in the sermon, get them used to that. Get them used to the self-discipline of sitting still for 30 minutes in, in any particular environment. They don't need to be pulling the toupee off the guy next to them. They don't need to be, you know, causing havoc. And, and, then, and then they had the parent look at, look at the kid like, oh, isn't he cute? And, and, the, and, the, and then all the false... Uh, uncomfortable smiles. Oh yeah, he's so cute. When it, when inside they're like, would you just do something with that kid? I'm trying to listen here. No one's saying this. Yeah. Well, and what I'm hearing from you, and it goes from, it comes from a part of our conversation a few moments ago was that we need parents who are not just peacekeepers who are like, oh, Junior wants to run in church. It's okay. Yeah. We we need parents who are willing to go into those confrontations. Yeah, because as a peacekeeping parent, that parent doesn't want to ruffle Junior's feathers. So instead of 
causing one kind of disruption. He's causing another kind of disruption, like crying and, I want to do this, I want to do that. Now, even the parent discerns that the attention that Junior is getting is not good. And frankly, that, that disruption is going to actually be years down the road. You're going to see further eruptions. Exactly. Because you did some peacekeeping and not peacemaking. Exactly. Now it's just crying in the pews where you might take out Junior out of the service, which is going to disrupt your time. In, uh, in, in teaching or learning or preaching and, 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 t- and take care of business with Junior and say, all right, we're going to go back in there. And if, we, if you do the same thing, I'm bringing you back. And just because he can't talk doesn't mean he doesn't understand. He will understand. It may be sitting in the back row for a few services until he gets it right, but you need to do that. And then instead of crying uh, at two years old, uh, you know, he might, if you don't do the peacemaking thing, he might be selling drugs in the back. Uh, aisle, mm. right? Or fornicating yeah. in the parking lot of the church. And don't think yeah. that doesn't happen. I, I know Bible quiz winners who are guilty of similar type of things, and parents think, you know, uh, he's, he's he or she is really doing a, a great job. I, I Every time I see one of those, you know, uh, proud uh, parent of an honor student, you know, I, 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 maybe I'm just too cynical by, by virtue of what I do. I don't know. But I, I, I want to I have a bumper sticker. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm back in my car that says, you know, my kid's a C student, but he doesn't cheat to get his grades. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Okay, we just have a couple of minutes left, and I'm going to ask you a question that you ask almost every guest that we have on here, except you ask it after, we're, after we've stopped recording. Mm. So this is a question that you know well, and I'm sure that you have an answer, but I want to hear your answer because so far I haven't. Should any dependent minor be allowed to have unfettered access to their own smartphone? Absolutely not. Next question. <laughs> okay, no, you have to expand on that one. Okay, well, here, look, uh, Scripture's pretty clear. Uh, you don't want to exasperate your kids. That's what social media does. You don't want to provoke them to anger. That's what social media does. You don't want to... Uh, you darn sure don't want them to to stumble. And Jesus mm. in Matthew eighteen six says, if you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better to be uh, thrown in the depths of the sea with a millstone hung around your neck. So there are scriptural precedents, and I can go on and on with the scriptural precedents, but there's scientific reasons, like the atrophying of Junior's brain, the attention mm-hmm. deficit uh, aspect, the anhedonic state of his brain, the, the, the relational retardation that's going on with kids who are addicted to, to digital devices. Um, I mean, is that what we're seeing happen these days? I mean, with with kids, is that what's going on? Without the shadow of a doubt, and several books have been written on it. Several Mm. books by people who are PhD, much smarter and and more experienced than this, who do nothing but study this very topic. They've written about it. It's been documented. Several books. I'm not making this stuff up. You know, sometimes because I have studied this, you know, researched it so so much, because it is a a passion with me and because of, by virtue of the proving ground we have at Shepherd's Hill for me to see the results, I tend to think that too many people just know this and and the, and the truth of the matter is they don't they absolutely don't and i'm working on a book right now it's going to enlighten to these very facts down the road very soon very cool thanks for listening to license to parent to our special episode ask trace and of course you can ask trace send trace an email and he'll answer the next time that we record a special license to parent ask trace send your question to ask trace at license to parent.org 
Licensed Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. We are here for you if you need help. Check out LicensedToParent.org for more information. Just click on the resource tab from the main page. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parents. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.